Hey, y'all. I know we're on the backside of the recent pandemic that we all went through, uh, but take a listen to some very quick tips on how my very special guest, Enid Derricott, survived the Italy quarantine during the heart of the pandemic, and also why, why you need to be informed as an expat when traveling abroad, how you need to operate with the local government. Today's episode sponsor comes from Champ Boxers. If you're looking for comfortable and very exclusive Egyptian cotton boxers and apparel, then you've looked in the right place this evening. Champ Boxers, visit the link that's in our show notes to purchase your comfortable and exclusive Egyptian cotton boxers from Champ. Uh, we are about to get ready uh, to end off the month of March strong. Uh, we've been celebrating uh, Women's History Month this whole month of March for the theme of March Madness. Uh, definitely has been a lot of madness and craziness going on all across the globe. Uh, originally, uh, it was going to be titled for, of course, March Madness for the NCAA. Uh, but it may have been prophetic to call it March Madness, y'all, because it's already a lot uh, that's transpiring all across the globe. Uh, we already know that coronavirus has hit uh, straight out of uh, Wuhan, China, and spread its way uh, across the globe. And so we're definitely going to be uh, some of the fallacies and also uh, putting some of the things uh, that are fake news or misconceptions to bed this evening uh, with my very special guests who we're about to get ready to cue in. Uh, but uh, we appreciate uh, those that are rocking with us for episode 104, the title of this uh, episode is Italy Quarantine Updates. And so uh, we will be going all the way to Italy uh, to talk to my special guest this evening, share this content uh, with someone that you know may be able to benefit from it, especially if you are an American citizen, uh, because we are just now going into our official quarantine here in the States. And so you won't want to miss out on tonight's episode. So we appreciate y'all. Uh, we do have um, official sponsors for the RTJ show series. And so uh, before I bring up uh, my special guest this evening, uh, we definitely want to give a shout out uh, to our official sponsor for this evening. Uh, none other uh, than Verb for Words and also uh, Psalm 8411 Prayer Ministry. Uh, by Miss um, Miss Angie Clark, who's actually been our guest on the show uh, recently uh, this month, and uh, she's our official uh, sponsor for this evening. And so I'm gonna uh, definitely give her her just due to make sure that you guys uh, are able to know about her business endeavors. Shout out uh, to Miss Angie uh, sponsoring uh, episode 104. Uh, we do have tons of sponsors uh, that come on the show and also pay and um, sow a seed uh, to be able to have their business uh, shown on the show and to also be advertised to our international audience. And so I'm going to get ready to get my guest to get cued in. Uh, she's hailing all the way out of Italy, y'all, out in the out in the Europe, in the European uh, continent. And so we're going to bring her in. Let me make sure her name is up here. Miss Enid Derricott. 
uh, one of my sisters in Christ, a, a dynamic mother, a woman of God, a business uh, woman, and also an entrepreneur in her own right. And so shout out uh, to all of our, our fellow uh, queens that we're celebrating this month uh, for RTJ. Uh, but Enid, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us uh, where you're tuning in from specifically in Italy and also a little bit about your background. Hi, everyone. Um, I am currently in Aviano, Italy. Uh, I'm here on an air base um, teaching at the school on base. Uh, I ended up here never what I thought, never did I ever think that I would be in northern Italy because right. I came from southern Italy uh, where it's fun and sun uh, because my husband was in the Navy or is in the Navy. Um, and because he left, we couldn't go and a bunch of other stuff. And my job ended up sending me here. Wow. So here I am, um, dead smack in the middle of this coronavirus epidemic. Uh, the um, Venice, the city of Venice is like an hour or so away from us. Um, and Milan is maybe about two hours away from us. So right in that area, the Lombardi Benito area, um, those provinces are where the epicenter of uh, the outbreak is for here in Italy. So um, yeah, we're we're battling the coronavirus and have been for a while now. And so um, I'm glad that I'm getting the opportunity to speak to you guys about uh, what we've endured and what has been going on um, and hopes to give you guys insight uh, on how to deal with it there. Absolutely. And so uh, for those that uh, may have just tuned in with us, we're here on the line this evening with one of my sisters, uh, definitely is doing some major moves uh, out in Europe right now with her family. Uh, she's a mother, uh, entrepreneur, businesswoman, uh, she's here to drop the jewels uh, on the million dollar question that we've been hearing about over the last week here in the U.S. and also on social media about what is really the updates happening in Italy right now. Uh, for those that are tracking with us, uh, this title of tonight's episode 104 is Italy Quarantine Updates. Uh, we're taking time to talk with someone who's actually there on the grounds in Italy. And so uh, we're here with Enid uh, Derricott. And so uh, Enid, uh, tell us a little bit about like um, before even Corona hit, like how how was life in Italy before uh, the coronavirus uh, got over? <laughs> um, it's funny because we were hearing about it. Um, so I also coach basketball and okay. we um, we were gone to Germany when it's it like really hit hard. Um, and so it, it when we first left for Germany, it had not gotten bad here. Um, mm -hmm. And so some friends who um, I taught with are really uh, close to in Signella in Sicily were in Germany and uh, we were talking and their daughter uh, teaches in South Korea and we were talking and uh, the, the, the guy said, he was joking, saying, you know, my daughter wanted me to come get on a plane to go get my grandson. And I was yeah. like, no, it's safer for him to be with you in the house. And so right. I was talking, he was telling me because I didn't know the extent of it. He was right. saying, yeah, they, uh, she was nervous because they had canceled their basketball tournament. 
because wow. of the coronavirus. They canceled the whole uh, Far East. And so that's like Korea, Japan, you know, all over in the Pacific. Yeah. And um, so he was saying uh, that they were confined to the house, um, that she didn't know, you know, about work or stuff or whatever. I don't think they had determined then that we were going to do this virtual online learning. Right. Uh, so she was nervous. She was scared. He said she called him crying. And I was like, just sitting there and all like, wow. Then mm. lo and behold, we get home. Uh, we got home the 24th, I think. Yeah, the 24th. And the 25th, um, when I got home, Adrian was sick. And, wow. you know, I didn't, I, he hadn't been anywhere because he had been at home with my mom. My mom was here uh, with the kids while I was gone to Germany. And uh, mm-hmm. he hadn't been anywhere, so I, I I didn't think he had the coronavirus. But uh, and he wasn't really really sick when I got here. He was just coughing, typical asthma, and you know stuff like that. But he coughed in my face. Mm-hmm. The next day, I woke up. Uh, I was coughing and uh, you know snotting and stuff. And uh, um, I said, I guess I got what he got. So I called into work. Mm. And then, lo and behold, that next day, which was a Tuesday, they said, uh, so the kids went that Monday. I didn't go. But that next that Tuesday, the next day, they said, OK, the kids are out of school because of the, the coronavirus. It has um, exploded in Lombardi and Veneto. We couldn't go. So here, the closest airport to here is in Venice. Mm. And like I said, it's like an hour away. But Veneto region encompasses Venice. So they said we couldn't uh, go in that area unless we had to go to the airport. It had to be something important. They had locked down. There's also an army base down there uh, in in Vincenza, Mm. which is close to Venice. Um, And they basically said that we couldn't uh, go down there because a lot of times because we're so close, they'll go down. We'll go down there and they'll come up here. We couldn't go down there to visit, they were basically saying everybody stay where they're supposed to be. And it wasn't like lockdown like it is now, but they were trying to limit travel. When I got sick like that, I was like, this feels different. Like, what if it is the coronavirus? And so Mm -hmm. that Wednesday, I woke up feeling like that. My chest felt like pressure. I I could still breathe, but I felt pressure. And Mm -hmm. so all of that was just, it was scary. And so, I called, they they told us because of all this going on, they said, you can't go to the hospital, I call it a clinic, but I'm so used to Navy hospitals, I call it a hospital. Right. Um, they said, you can't go to the hospital, you have to call, you have to call this hotline to be uh, screened. Okay. So that Wednesday, I told my mom I didn't eat, I ain't had no appetite. And I told her, I was like, I feel terrible. And she's like, you need to go get seen about it. I was like, we can't just go to the hospital. Right. So I called the um, the screening line and um, they asked me a bunch of questions. They asked me how to travel. I said, yeah, and I went to Germany, la, la, la. And they were like, oh, OK, so then you're low risk. Mm. So I said, yeah, but my chest like my chest feels like pressure. Right. And they were like, you know, do you feel like you can't breathe? I said, I kind of but not like I feel like I'm gasping for air. No. So then um, they said, okay, well, if you still feel like that, then go to uh, go on to the hospital Friday because you've been since we screened you, you can go ahead and go in. Right, so right. 
Long story short, I ended up going Friday because I still didn't feel any better and I felt like the cough wasn't productive. So um, I went in to the hospital. And a lot of a lot of people thought like the picture that I posted was the actual hospital I was in. No, it was not. But that's how like when I when I walked in and I t- I had a mask on and I told them what was going on and I had already been called to screen. All these people came down with those um, those uh, things on the the covers on the mask on like these things over their eyes gloves like it looked just like that picture. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, where are they going to take me? <laughs> right. Where are they going to take me? But anyway, she asked me a bunch of questions, took my vitals. Once she took my vitals, she um, listened to my lungs. She said they sound okay. She said I might have pneumonia, which scared me even more because I know that could possibly be the case. Oh, and so, which, you know, essentially they said it was, but it, I had. Um, they a touch of pneumonia, but it wasn't really coronavirus related. Mm. So um, it took me to, that whole week. That was a Friday. I did not start feeling better to Saturday night, Sunday morning. Mm. So um, they told me that basically the flu this year was worse than it has ever been. And, you know, that's what they chalked it up to. Wow. And, you know, plus I know, uh, like I said, I was scared. Um, but um, as I began to be in a way like that, busy with basketball and just the kids before that, I was so busy. I wasn't praying and reading my Bible like I normally do. So when we disconnect from the Lord like like that, mm-hmm. um, not disconnecting just period, but, you know, not fervent about it. We do start to get fear, fearful. Um, and so. Um, um, by having that time at home, I was able to get back, you know, to where I should be. Um, and the, the fear began to leave. So, mm. wow. um, Praise God. that, that was the beginning of my experience with the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, and then of course it's been downhill from there. Yeah. And we're definitely going to be peeling back the layers, uh, and also, uh, what Americans and no matter where you're at in the world, uh, what you need to know in reference to um, this this quarantine, this uh, mandatory quarantine that is literally uh, taking place all across the globe right now. And so I know, uh, Enid, you were speaking about travel before we talk about the fear, the fear piece. Um, like, how did travel shut down? Uh, how was travel um, used um, before the, the coronavirus hit Italy? And how has it uh, dissipated since then or dissipated since then? Like how how has the travel uh, situation panned out recently? So um, you know, like I said, we um, we were gone. We were we didn't fly to Germany. We were on a bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, um, you know, the flights were are were of course readily available. And over here, they have just like in the states, they have the cheap airlines, Ryanair and wow. EasyJet and stuff like that. So it's easy to catch like a 50 euro flight to Germany, to Sicily, to other places. And so, um, right. you know, that that was going on. Um, but now um, it, it is pretty much non-existent. EasyJet um, was giving people refunds for wow. trips that they had um, had booked um, because they're they can't fly right now anywhere. 
we can't yeah. go anywhere. Mm. We're, we're confined to, and of course, um, I just found this out the other day. My friend that is in, in Sicily was telling me that they're nervous down there about the um, number of outbreaks, uh, uh, number of cases um, exploding because so many people from up here drove down there because they couldn't fly. Wow. So they drove um, down there and, and they're starting to see an increase in cases. Not as bad as here, but in, in southern Italy. So travel um, has shut down uh, air, boat, all of it. It, it, it has all um, shut down Venice, um, where they have the gondolas and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. like a ghost town. I've seen pictures. It's, it's, it, it, it's so like ghost town in Venice. Yeah. Uh, the dolphins are swimming in the water where you would normally ride the, <laughs> ride the gondolas. Yeah, we so, we saw that on on Facebook, so that's confirmed. Like there actually are dolphins that are that are in the yeah. over there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. So um, yeah, travel travel is and and even okay. So that's like travel to other areas, but even travel to the base. Uh, so we live like here. Unfortunately, this base doesn't have base on base housing. Uh huh. Um, we have to stay out in town. So um, because when I got here, I was by myself. I had to try to hit the ground running. And so I wasn't trying to find nothing close. I just wanted to get in the first place I found. And it's, so it's like 20, 24, 25 minutes away from the base. Okay. Uh, we have to have paperwork to travel. We hmm. have to have official paperwork to travel. And it's, it's written in Italian. I have a copy. It's, uh, we have to travel with this and we have to fill it in uh, with our information and put our uh, base ID on it, base ID number on it, and put the reason that we're out. And then they take the paper and verify it with the base. So you can only, only reasons you could be out are for work, uh, food, and medical appointments. So tell, it, so tell us a little bit about that process, because that's really where... Um, I know a lot of my friends and, and family members that have been tracking this thing and are pretty conscious. Um, we've been seeing that that's also headed for the U.S. and having basically uh, papers to show uh, that you can travel across borders or even across state lines. Like, how has that how has that process been uh, even outside of the military uh, base uh, there? So, um, like I said before, we're in uh, provinces. So kind of oh. like, kind of like how it's kind of like in Atlanta where it's Atlanta, but then there's Decatur. Uh, oh. It's kind of like that. So uh, the province is Portanone, mm. but then there are other cities that are within Portanone um, that uh, are considered uh, part of Portanone. So, it, initially, when they first started, they said you can't leave outside of the province. So like Veneto, mm -hmm. uh, Lombardy and, you know, the, some of the other nearby provinces, we couldn't go to them. We had to stay within Portanone. But now mm -hmm. they're saying from city uh, town to town. So like I live in Brunera. The base is in Aviano. I have to go through. Roveredo, uh, Bignano, uh, some other different um, towns um, 
And so mm -hmm. technically I'm not supposed to unless it's for those reasons. So that's why I wow. have to carry the paperwork because like I said, when it first started, I only needed that paperwork to go outside of Puerto None. I never go outside of Puerto None unless family is here and we trying to go somewhere to visit. So right. at first I didn't have to carry the paperwork. But then now that they're saying, if you leave outside of your town, you have to have the paperwork. I have to carry it every time I go to the base. Wow. And if, and if wow. I don't have if I don't have my that paperwork, then I can be fined. As a matter of fact, when they first started it and people were out just willy nilly doing whatever <laughs> they wanted to do, uh, people wow. were getting fined 700 euro wow. to be out. Mm -hmm. Yep. 700 euro. That's so so they were fine just to clear clear it up again. They if you didn't have your papers, you were you were being fined basically yep. uh wherever you traveled in Italy during the quarantine. Yep. Wow. Wow, y'all keep y'all keep asking some questions. I know I, I see the comment section uh is popping a little bit. We're we're here uh with Enid Derricott, who is literally uh in ground zero in Italy, uh where a lot of uh, the cases have uh, transpired since the Corona uh, outbreak uh, out of China, Wuhan, China. Uh, but talk talk about that process, though, uh, uh, with the with the the paperwork uh, that led to the fear tactic of like a lot of um, the local citizens may have been fearful even before uh, their mm -hmm. quarantine that began. How was it for you as being a mother and also being a wife? Like talk about. Uh, what was your initial state uh, of mind when you had the fear tactic come on? Um, when they first told us that we were going to be quarantined and, it, and it's gone in levels. Okay. It went from, like I said, it went from you can't leave the province to you're not supposed to leave your town, basically, unless you have that paperwork. Um, and so it was because of the language barrier and then the way that um, the base has been really good about putting out information. We have uh, my cousin is asking me a question. I will because uh, I'll, I'll address the school stuff in a minute. Um, but they um, because of the way they the base put it out, some of it was confusing. Mm. Uh, they, they, the Italians would, would come forth with uh, this uh, decree. decree. Is, is, was what they called it about what we could and couldn't do. And so uh, they were, it was very um, ambiguous at first. Mm. Uh, and so people were just out. Um, and so then when they started cracking down and finding people, um, at one point they were finding people coming on the base to go to the commissary. Mm. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of the fear came in too, because people are like, we're Americans. Right. <laughs> no, we're, we're here for that very reason. Why can't we come on the base to the commissary? Mm. Um, and so, like I said, the base has been really good. Base legal has been really good about um, making sure that they try to work with the carabinieri. That's what they have police here called Polizia, but they don't deal with this. The carabinieri, um, which is a way more, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say militant, but um, it's different. So that would, uh, so that the, would the carabinieri. So that would, mm -hmm. so that would be like the um, the correlation of like the national guard here in the in the U.S. About uh, kind of sorta. And not like the artillery army, but they're like the, the 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 buffer between like the the army versus the the guard. 
or something like kind, that? Kind of, sort of. So they, they have like these black and red uniforms. They don't have, they have guns and stuff. Okay. But um, I, I really don't know how to explain it. They have like several different police here. They have, they have Guardia, Financia. They have like five or six different <laughs> police here. Mm. But the Carabinieri are the ones that deal with this. So the Carabinieri were standing, and when it first started, they were standing at the commissary, like finding people trying to go in the commissary. They tried to find this one lady, like 600 euro, Woo! to go in the commissary. Wow. And so uh, the base, you know, got with the the um, Carabinieri captain or whoever, and um, um, basically worked it out. Oh, and I forgot to say so. When it first started, you know, the Italians were out of school already. When it first started hitting big, they were out of school. So that Monday, the, our kids went to school, even though I didn't. Our kids went to school because the base was like, there are no cases on the base. We're going to keep functioning. Right. And then um, uh, from what I was told, a high official in this area that's Italian basically went to the generals like, why are y'all still in school? <laughs> so, so then we ended up being out of school the next day wow so, yeah so uh and then it, it has continued but that was a good thing it yeah. was a good thing because i mean i think because they acted fast it probably could have been much worse absolutely. had they not absolutely so yeah um it, it it i think the fear with the carabinieri and then the language barrier because because the Carabinieri have this job to do, they don't want to hear an explanation. And mm. then the fact that you don't speak Italian makes it even harder. So they, they've told us like to um, call, uh, yeah, my, my husband said that it's like state police. Yeah. Uh, Carabinieri like state police, yeah. Right. So um, they want us to call legal, tell legal like in the middle of the stop what's going on so that they can translate for us. Wow. I think, I think that's the fear because you can get a carabinieri who don't care what you got to say and don't care what legal got to say and possibly be hemmed up. Right. <laughs> or, you can, or you can get one that's kind of like, okay, that, you know, they're American and they're here with the base. It, 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 you never know. Yeah. Yeah. You do never so, know. And that, and that goes to one of the points, too. I know we're going to get to uh, Kenobi's question uh, as we get as we get through the interview. But um, we did have a question coming in um, from um, uh, has the government provided any form of deadline uh, for the quarantine, uh, even if it's a tentative one? And this is coming from Rod um, out of out of Georgia. He's here where I'm at in Atlanta, where we just, of course, had a lot of the curfew and lockdown beginning tonight at midnight. Uh, so oh, has okay. provided any form of deadline for your quarantine there, even if it's tentative? So it has it has progressively changed like throughout all of this. When it first started, they were saying, um, what was it, March, March 28th, I think, maybe. And that, that part is vague because I was still like recovering and reeling like (laughs) from from when it first began but so since then I do remember two changes so at first it was April 3rd and then now they're saying April 15th okay and so um 
I'm, I'm guessing that's for everything, the schools and everything. And I, when we get a chance, I want to get to that, too, because my cousin asked. She has really been asking about how we're doing with schools and stuff. But, yeah, um, all, all of that, it, from my understanding, now we're up to April 15th. OK. Yeah. Let's dive into schools, because I know everyone who's a parent, you know, in the states here, schools are shut down too um, indefinitely in some states, others probably until April, May. Um, but how, how do the schools um, get affected from you, of course, being in the education sector and how were the parents affected by it? Uh, talk a little bit about the education perspective of the quarantine. So when it when they first said that we were going to be out of school, I think they initially thought it wasn't going to be for the long haul. So we were out like the first two days. And then, and mind you, I was sick. Wow. So then they, they wow. came back, they came back uh, that Wednesday mm-hmm. and said, okay, they want us to start, um, they wanted us to come to the school for a meeting because they wanted us to look into this being for the long haul uh, and what we were going to do about educating our kids. And so um, I couldn't go because I was sick. So I was able to um, um, use those sick days. And so then Friday, that's when they started prepping for the online virtual learning of the kids. So I wasn't there. So Monday, the next Monday, when I got there, that's when I felt like I've been hit by a ton of bricks because I had to learn the whole, what they were doing while I was gone Friday. Right. And so um, I was hit with that on top of uh, my two kids, one of them is a kindergartner and the other one's a third grader. So they're not like high school students that can navigate this stuff on their own. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to, we were still going to work. The kids couldn't come, but we were still going to work. And eight and nine years old, my nine-year-old says, mommy, this doesn't make sense. If we don't have to go to school, then why do you have to come to work? Right. Basically, basically. So I said, I don't know, Aiden, but I got to so we're here so they were in my class and I was in my class doing my work and so it was it was extremely like that was I felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown because it was so much dealing with the restrictions trying to figure out the restrictions trying to figure out and navigate the commissary because we went in there and it was packed people we're trying to get food and stuff because we didn't know if we can go out or couldn't go out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, between that, trying to navigate and learn the virtual learning platform and then trying to make sure that my kids were getting their work, too. And that that has been an ongoing struggle. Like I, if, if I had my husband here or if I had my mom here still or if I didn't have kids, it wouldn't be as bad. But having kids and them being small and having to sit here, because now we're at home working, having to sit here every single day and virtually teach my high school and middle school students three different science classes and navigate their stuff for them is mind boggling. And my, my third graders teacher told me today, she said, I teach and I don't have kids and this is rough for me. I cannot imagine how you do it with teaching your students and basically having to teach 
your kids? Because I know that you're going to be like, where's this? Where's that? And I say, yeah, I do. <laughs> right, right. So that part is extremely hard. And now what the, what makes it so hard, and, and I'm basically addressing this for my cousin because she I know she was wanting to know, uh, I don't think headquarters pays attention to what it's like at ground zero. Mm. Uh, we're supposed to put these virtual lessons out and then grade them immediately when it's not the same. It's not the same as having a kid sitting in front of you. You could say like, for me, I do interactive notebooks for my kids and evidence notebooks for right. them. And of course we do labs. Right. So I can't say, let me see your evidence notebook question for this, or we can't, we can discuss it in class, but it's still not the same. Mm -hmm. And so we have to do these lessons. And now we just moved to the Google Classroom platform, which has been kind of helpful because everything is right there. It's kind of like a one-stop shop. But still, you have to go in and read all this stuff, grade it. It's not right in front of you. Yeah. And so um, it, it, it has been a real struggle. That has been the hardest part for me. Like I can, I'm not fearful of the coronavirus when I do have to go out. I'm not um, dismayed by the, the, the traveling, you know, directives. I have my documents and my, my um, cat card and I go. Mm. It's just having to d do it with them. Yeah. And the kindergartner, he's, he's a boy. So you already know he's off the chain. So it's constantly <laughs> sit down, Adrian, get busy, Adrian, stay focused. <laughs> Right, right, but that's but that's just like you said though, Enid. Like a lot of parents don't realize how much love and also um, income salaries that you teachers deserve, uh, especially for during these times when parents are having to actually teach and manage and oversee their kids while, of course, school is out indefinitely in the states or wherever they're at. And so yeah. that's a major thing I know all across the globe. But you know, parents in the U.S. Uh, they really are tripping out right now because they having to see how much work that you all as educators have to put in. And yeah. so, um, let's let's dive let's dive in a little bit to um, like how have uh, churches and like public public uh, organizations or or uh, local organizations been functioning during this time that uh, really are used to having people come together and commute yeah. during this time of the coronavirus. Virus, how have they been functioning, particularly with churches, especially too? Okay, so uh, Italy is, um, I don't know if if, um, if you guys noticed, but Italy, Italy people are very like, um, I don't know the word to use, they're very like touchy feely. Okay. So uh, they, when you like, uh, it's one of the things that was really hard for me to get used to because we've, we've lived in Italy for a long time. We first were living in Naples. And then we lived there for four years. Then we went to Signello. We were there for four years. Right. And now we're here. Okay. But so when I first got there here, I wasn't used to the hug and kiss on both cheeks. It doesn't matter whether you're female or male. Everybody does it. Wow. Wow. So, and they're very social. They, um, they, uh, when they have what is called reposo. Uh, um, and so they get off around 12 and from 12 to two, like, unless it's a main store, most stores are closed, the okay. bars and stuff are open and they, uh, they go and 
have coffee and, you know, just enjoy each other. Yeah. So um, that has like ceased. Okay. It usually, usually be you ride through downtown Aviano and you see them sitting out at the bars talking. <laughs> yeah, my husband said they're sociable without a bubble. Yes, they don't believe in personal space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the more the more taught them well when they came out there. They <laughs> <laughs> and so uh so um you go in downtown Aviano, yeah. it's like it's like a ghost town down there. Wow. And you, you and you don't see any of that. And it they're very vibrant and full of life. You don't see any of that. Mm. And so the churches, um, we uh, we go to a church off base here, and I and I just have to say that it it has been amazing. The church has been amazing because mm. um, immediately when uh, the the quarantine stuff happened, immediately we went to online services because it's not like in the states. It sounds like some places y'all have a choice, some places y'all don't. Yeah, uh, have a choice. Here, we don't have a choice. The Italian, like, they weren't playing. Them Italians, like I said, that guy came on base and said, why are y'all still having school? Right. So, they shut it uh, down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we don't. We didn't have a choice. So yeah. immediately, they started with the online services, and they have been extremely helpful. Okay. And so uh, I'm very grateful for that uh, because um, it, it's rough. And, 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 you know, we'll, of course, like you said, we'll get into it later, but if you don't have, have faith in God, if you don't trust God and the unknown <laughs> is, and I mean, even, even those of us, like, I, I, you know, I have been, um, I've committed my life to Christ for a long time now. And mm. even I have my moments where I'm like, Lord, I don't see how this is going to work out. Right, right. So, um, I'm very thankful uh, that our, the church that we go to immediately jumped on um, online church and um, they have prayer services. They have worship services. And I'm quite sure some of the others uh, do, too, because there's other churches here. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, we we can't have church. We can't be gathered anywhere. There yeah. can't be any yeah. gatherings. Yeah. And that's how it happened here in the um that's how it happened here in the States too. Uh, they had first started where you can't be where 50, 50 or, uh, or more people were gathered. Then it went down to 10 and then uh, Trump and the, um, the regime just said, basically practice social distancing. So a lot of churches uh, have been uh, trying to uh, make sure that they do uh, online or stream online in some capacity. And so, uh, there have been some uh, rebellious churches that have still been meeting uh, together. And so uh, there's actually tons of articles I'm sure you've seen on Facebook where recently yeah. a pastor was with 1,800 uh, of his uh, members still uh, worshiping uh, previously on one of the Sundays. So so there are some. Wow, I see that. <laughs> yeah, there's still some rebels out here, but uh, most of the churches, my, my church included, uh, have been doing online streaming throughout the week. And so we're yeah. going to. If you are uh, one of our VIP sponsors, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, there's still time uh, to sow uh, into the RTJ show, uh, but we do have uh, the opportunity, uh, two ways uh, that you can be a sponsor for the show, uh, which we'll be talking about a little bit more at the end of the episode, uh, but special shout out uh, to those uh, VIP sponsors. 
uh, who have already been on the show and also even sewn uh, into the RTJ show uh, because we do believe this is good soil uh, that you'll be getting a return on your investment uh, that you have put in, whether you are a sponsor or whether you are, are a local patron of ours. And so there are two ways to give. Uh, we do have a PayPal link. Uh, it does not go into my pockets. It goes into the running uh, of uh, the show and also Smart Jewels Enterprises uh, abroad because we are a global business, a global organization. And so we're doing major moves all across the globe. Uh, you can donate via PayPal by clicking the link in the comment section, or uh, you can cash app us at dollar sign smart, S-M-A-R-T, J-E-W-E-L-Z. Or if you just want to be a monthly patron with us, uh, feel free to also click the link for patron.com at the RTJ show uh, to become a monthly subscriber and patron to the show. Uh, but we appreciate uh, those who have already uh, been VIP donors and sponsors uh, because we cannot make this show a success without you. Because we global, y'all. We talking to Enid all the way in Italy. <laughs> regular scheduled program, sis. Um, talk to us about the faith component. Like how has either your faith shifted, transcended, and also even people around you um, uh, during the, the corona uh, quarantine and the virus outbreak at large like what is the faith uh for you and also for some of the people that you've noticed around you okay um real quick i want to answer somebody asked me about the school the economic divide okay go it's, ahead. it's not really an economic divide because it's military mm -hmm. and so i mean i'm not saying military rich like that but, <laughs> but uh i mean they're not hurting now right. i will say i will say because because of this situation, it happened so fast. And so I didn't mention, we have a store, some of you all may know what it is, um, called the exchange. Mm -hmm. um, Navy bases is Navy exchange, air, air bases is the base exchange, and Army bases is the post exchange. So we have those stores on base where we get discounted rates on electronics, clothes, different stuff. But this happened so fast, Nobody had time to run and get a laptop. And once it happened because of the social distancing and having people in the store, they shut it down. They shut the exchange down to where we couldn't buy like we normally buy. We can only go in there and get necessities. Wow. And like when they first did it, school supplies wasn't even in it. It was like, uh, I don't know. I, I, my first time going in there was today and I saw how they had everything roped off. But wow. then pe people were asking, can, hey, if we're doing homeschool, we need school supplies. Mm. So then they moved some school supplies. Um, and that's what I went in there for today. I had to get my son a, a tablet. But oh. we can't buy laptops, iPads. Print we can't buy any of that right now. Mm. And so uh, we're, we're down to just getting necessities. So I went in there. Uh, there's no Lysol wipes. There's no Lysol <laughs> what about we got tissue? <laughs> what about the toilet paper, sis? You know, I know yeah, we, we, got, we got toilet paper. Nobody's over here fighting over toilet paper. We got good. that. Good. But good. uh yeah, I went in there and got some more soap and some um tablets for my son. Okay. But uh so when that happened, a lot of parents couldn't get uh laptops and stuff like that. So with them having multiple kids, like even for me. The school offered, the school said, hey, we, uh, if you have multiple kids, you can come get a laptop, sign out a laptop so that, you know, you don't have just one laptop in the house for multiple kids to use. 
And so yeah. I didn't take advantage of it because I was thinking I got my work laptop and my personal laptop, you know, they can use that. And then Adrian can just use my iPad. But that first day, him trying to use the iPad and a lot of the stuff is supplemental. It's not like what they would be doing in the class. So it's a lot of videos and interactive stuff. It wasn't working on, on my iPad. Hmm. So um, I notified my principal and he told me to come pick up some laptops for them. So even if the parents don't have the necessities, the school has been, we've been, and, and the internet here, it's not like internet in America. We don't have 5G. <laughs> it's not strong yet, I heard, in most of the places outside the U.S. <laughs> Man, the internet here is horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And then, then especially those students that I have that live near the mountain, because we're right up under the Dolomite Mountains. Okay. Those students that I have that live near or on the Dolomite Mountains, they're, they, man, trying to get them to turn their stuff is like. Oh, man. <laughs> so stay those are those are some of the uh, the, the problems. Um, and stay with that. that. And stay with that point right there, too, sis, before we dive into the faith, because we did have another question from Rachel um, McLean. She's actually going to be on the RTJ show later this year, too. But she said. Uh, what do you feel about daycares? Do you think it is wise to keep the children at home versus at an actual facility? Uh, what do you think about that as a mother and also as an educator? They um, they shut our daycares down. So like my kids, before all of this, my kids were going to after school care because mm. it, when we first got here, like I said, I was by myself and I was trying to, to learn the curriculum that I was going to be teaching. I could, it was hard to do with them with me. So mm-hmm. I, I put them and after school, before and after school care, okay. uh, they have since closed. And I do think, even though it's co- inconvenient, I do think it's a wise decision because just like adults and the students don't need to be in close proximity, the and, and even more so them because look, he is nasty. Right, right, right. I, the, I told my mom today, I said, Adrian is about to drive me crazy. I'm not paranoid, but I, I get so aggravated with him because when we go into commissary, he's all in the floor, wallowing around. And I'm like, dude, this this virus going around. Right, right. He's all in the floor, wallowing around. So no. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's wise for him to shut down. Now about the payment, because I had this conversation with somebody else on Facebook. They were saying that it's ridiculous that um, that people still having to pay daycares when they can't take their kids. That is a very um, sticky situation. Thankfully, when, now when it first happened, they did, the after school program did charge me um, for because the, they charge you for the previous week. Mm-hmm. So they did charge me even though the kids weren't going. But they sent a notice around saying that they were going to stop the automatic payment. And um, that we would have a credit when we started back. Okay. So. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not the worst of the worst. But we know they they bought their money. They're gonna get paid at the end of the day. Uh, we also did want to dive into the faith uh, component, and then we're gonna mm-hmm. get to, uh, Kenobi's questions because I know he he had a lot in reference to the faith. So how has like your faith uh, increased, and how has uh, even the faith of some of the other uh, local residents and citizens? Uh, in Italy increased or even decreased uh, with the corona outbreak and and how are you how are you all coming together or separating when it comes to faith so one of the things that uh, uh, we have been talking about in our church and in our women's group from church is how the virus 
has uh, we believe that God has allowed this virus for families to come together, to have time to spend with each other, um, and for um, us to, to fall on our face and seek the Lord. And um, I do see that. Uh, um, even though we're isolated to our homes, um, as crooked as the people behind the internet and technology can be, it has been a blessing. Mm. And um, um, I, have, because of it, I have been able to be privy to uh, situations and information and cases that I wouldn't have heard about because we are confined. Uh, and so um, we were discussing how in our uh, women's group, there have diff been different people in different situations that because of the church services being aired and uh, being shared, that have reached out to our pastor, pastors, and um, and contacted them and saying, "Hey, I never thought about Jesus. Didn't know who he was. Didn't give a second thought about him. But you know, your message or what you said or what you posted uh, sparked um, an interest. And you know, and mm -hmm. in one particular case that I know of, a situation where this lady is dealing with uh, a family member with the coronavirus and um, you know, she's unemployed and it's a bunch of stuff going on with her. And um, you know, she was able, she was willing to listen. And mm. so I think because people's backs are up against the wall, they're scared, they're fearful. Um, and because those of us who know Christ know that we don't have a reason to be afraid. Mm. Um, we, we know that he is a protector. He's a healer. Um, and so, you know, because of that, uh, we aren't fearful. And being able to convey that message to the masses at this point in time, um, it's unprecedented. Yeah, and that's real. And that's real. You know, uh, Kenobi um, uh, asked, um, similar to what you were just ending uh, your last statement with, sis, uh, Kenobi wanted to know, uh, did you uh, hear anything specific from God in your prayer time or even uh, throughout this process about the virus or even what's about to come uh, when it comes to the virus? Have, have you uh, heard anything specific or, or what's the what's the thoughts on that? Well, um, you know, one of the things that God gives us is discernment. Um, and so and, and uh, he, he will speak to us. Uh, and um, give us guidance and direction. So um, in terms of what he told me about the virus, God, this, we live in a fallen world. God didn't give us the virus. Mm. Uh, but he, I do believe that he has allowed this virus uh, to happen. And for various reasons, many times, one of the, the questions many non-believers and, and believers alike um, always ask is if God is good, why is there suffering? Mm. But as we look through the Bible, we uh, can't help but realize that he ne he is good, but he never said that we would not endure trials and tribulations gotcha. to include this virus. And so, uh, a lot of times, uh, for the believers to build their faith, and even for the non-believers, um, is to build their faith. And because when you go through many times, I've I've even said, Lord. Lord, like why and with this I'm like well why would you leave me here in Italy by myself with two small kids without my husband here to help me like why would you allow this to happen right now mm. 
But I will say that it has increased my faith. It has showed me that ultimately we have him and him only to depend on. Mm. We, when, when we are in trials and tribulations and our feet are held to the fire, we have nobody but him to depend on. And there are situations that us as humans, especially like I have a kind of a type A personality. <laughs> I'm not like very headstrong, but I, I want to control situations sometimes. Mm. And, and God, God doesn't operate like that. He, he wants us to rely strictly on him. Mm. And, you know, we talk about like what's going to become of this virus. I do believe that is a, it is a introduction to what is to come. Mm. Um, and I do believe that um, the things that are ahead, you know, I, I saw you post about the ID 2020 um, and things like that. I do believe that it's a segue into all of that. Um, and, and we're seeing the Bible's prophecies right before our eyes. Mm. So uh, I, I do think that um, uh, for just various things, mm. um, I see he also said, uh, he, he asked that question, if God is good, why is God doing this to us? It's not that God is doing it to us. We have somewhat caused this on ourselves. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the things that that I really wanted to hone in on is Second um, Chronicles seven and fourteen. Um, and if you know your Bible, you know what that verse says. God told told us, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and America is not humble. Nobody in this world, China's not humble. Right. All the <laughs> all the fallen all the fallen countries that's getting hit the hardest are not humble. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's the first thing he tells us to humble ourselves. So mm. we got to humble ourselves. We got to come away from the pride, come away from the selfishness, come away from the I got it. I can do it. I don't need God. You know, all of those things. We have to come away from that. And this you you can't control this. You can't control this virus. I can't control being as much as I, you know, don't like being here by myself. I can't control that. Mm. And so I, I don't have my hands are tied. I have no other choice but to trust and rely and depend on God. And I mean, when I tell you he has provided, it's so funny to me because I get on the Facebook pages for here and I see people like, yeah, so and so got stopped and I came from this place and I went to that place and I got stopped. I told y'all before I try I travel 25 uh, miles from or 25 minutes from my house to the base. I have been, we've been on quarantine since March 8th. I wrote it down. We've been on quarantine since March 8th. Mm. Um, strict quarantine, I, I would say, since March 8th. And I've been out of the house three times mm. to go to the base. Not once, not one time have I been stopped. And when they first came out with that, I was like, Lord, because it was unclear. They were saying like the military member, because they don't consider us civilians. Right. Right. They don't think about, they don't think about us. They just think about the military member. So they were saying uh, if the military member, uh, we, when you come to the base, to the commissary, only the mili military member can go. You can't have kids in the car. 
You can't mm. bring kids in the commissary with you. You have to be by yourself. So I'm like, what are, What am I going to do? Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't have, we can't get nobody to babysit. What am I going to do? Exactly. But not one time have I been stopped at the commissary nor on the way to the commissary. So mm. God, God has just been a provider and he has been a protector. He has been, and, and at first we didn't have any cases on the base. And then not too long ago, you know, they came out, said that uh, some people from the base or one person that I know of from the base had uh, tested positive. Mm. So, um, you know, yes, when I go out, I do think uh, that uh, I do think about it. Like I said, I, I tell my kids, get off the floor. Like, why are you going <laughs> around on the floor? So right. I am conscious of it. When I come home, I wash my hands. Um, I immediately gargle with brown Listerine. Um, and I, I'll tell why I do that in a minute. But uh, I do take precautions. But that doesn't mean I don't have faith. Right. I know I'm not worried. I'm not fearful. Um, I just... I just know that I need to take those precautions. Right. God wants us to have faith in him. He don't want us to be dumb. Right. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I do take those precautions uh, to make sure I wash my hands, make sure the kids wash their hands and stuff like that. But um, to be fearful, no, I, I don't have a reason to be because I know God, because I serve him, because I am. Uh, faithful to him, I know that he will protect me and my family. Right. So, absolutely, sis. And even as we get ready to wind down in a second, because uh, I do, I do know um, that we did have a question too in regards to sort of the end game, which a lot of us, especially on social media, and even the people that are part of our ministry, shout out to Out from Among the Ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do the end game a lot. And I think the people that are really uh, tripping out or really freaking out the most are those who don't know where they're going uh, if they do end up passing uh, during this this time period that we are in. And Mm -hmm. so um, I know Kenobi had talked about, uh, do you foresee uh, the chip uh, taking place as um, as a a next step? And what, what do you, what do you think about next steps as what we just talked about prophecy with the mark of the beast? Um, Mm -hmm. For those who are non-believers, do you foresee uh, this is, as being something that could happen as early as uh, right now, this time period that we're in, or do you see it coming down the line Uh, for those people that either believe or do not believe uh, this has been a prophecy that has been foretold uh, in the book of Revelations in the Bible. Um, but talk a little bit about what what do you see with that? Because I know Kenobi, he asked at the beginning, literally at the beginning, he said, are you getting the chip, sis? Are you yeah. going to He He went, he went okay. down and I, I had to wait to the end, but he said, will you be one of the ones that will get the chip, sis? <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to get to that. I want to address two things real quick before I get into it. I mentioned about the brown mouthwash. So um, I've been seeing circulated uh, on Facebook and from different people um, that the virus, and I've read a lot about it and researched different stuff. The virus, uh, when you inhale it from the droplets of um, moisture that someone has sneezed or coughed or uh, have on them, uh, it it goes in and then gets in your throat and incubates in your throat 
for some days. So um, I have really bad sinus and sinus and allergies. And so I get sore throats very easily from the sinus drainage. And um, I was told hot salt water has always been a staple for me because of that. But my mom has um, high blood pressure, and so she can't do hot salt water. Mm-hmm. So her doctor told her to use brown Listerine. Mm. And so uh, it's just because it's simple. I don't have to prepare it. It's, it, right. it's horrible. The first time I did it, I gagged. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You can literally feel when I have sinus infections, I can literally feel it pulling the uh, mucus off my throat and and, and see it. Wow. So for, for, uh, in the things that I've been reading, it said um, apple cider vinegar with the mother and um, hot salt water, uh, lemon, anything that will neutralize uh, uh Germs, basically. Say that, say, that, so, say, that, say that one time again for me, sis. What are some of the natural ingredients? Because I've had, I, I bet, like uh, almost a thousand arguments with foolish people that think that you cannot get rid of the common virus or yeah. from doing natural elixirs such as lemon, honey. Healing kind of properties that neutralize germs mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and foreign bodies that, that can get into our bodies. And so... Um, because of that, they are uh, very good. The acid in them uh, allows it to shut down the uh, viability of the of the virus. Mm. And so, uh, when you gargle your throat with lemon, um, uh, what a, a what, lemon uh, apple cider vinegar with the mother, mm-hmm. so honey, uh, any of uh-huh, that, or uh, um, the brown listerine, it mm-hmm. causes the the vi- viability of the virus um, not to be able to attach the uh, um, RNA of it, not to be able to attach to your uh, to helper T cells and things mm-hmm. like Because that's, that's really what it is. not the typical, that's why it's so lethal, because it's not the typical virus comes in and injects its uh, RNA, DNA into your cells, replicates, and then it starts to destroy all your cells. Well, the uh, uh, coronavirus, uh, it goes in and it, it starts to attach itself to the helper T cells, which are mm. supposed to be what would normally fight a virus. So because mm. of that, it makes the helper T cells uh, start to attack the, the healthy cells. And that's what makes the uh, fibrosis build up in the lungs. Mm. And so um, though those things, neutralize uh, or um, cause the virus to not be viable as it's incubating in your throat. That's what I've been reading. And yep. I, and when I was sick when, with the flu, when I thought I had the coronavirus, I was drinking uh, lemon, ginger, um, I would boil lemon and ginger and water and mix honey in it. Um, and it, it helped tremendously. Yeah, and it- I, I, I think it helped me get, get over it faster because another friend here had like the same type symptoms I had, same flu. Right. And she, she was out of commission for like a week and a half. Right. And oh, I, yeah. I even get into a lot of debates. The reason why I asked that, sis, before we, we get ready to close out in a sec, that people are so foolish and ignorant when it comes to natural like remedies, whether you're a vegan or not, whether you're alkaline vegan or not. Like there's so much 
that the natural uh, things that we use on a day-to-day basis, as you said, such as ginger, honey, lemon, lime, apple cider vinegar, whatever the case may be, even hottie toddies is what we call it here in the States, which automatically came from slavery times. Like they can cure any natural virus or sickness before it it starts to form. Uh, But a Mm -hmm. lot of doctors and people that are super educated or highly worldly educated don't even know the simple mechanics of treating certain sickness, illness, or disease. But I just wanted you to say it from your stance because I know you're a mother too. And a lot Mm -hmm. of um, may uh, not be able to afford certain quote unquote medicines or remedies uh, that Mm -hmm. uh, may be prescribed by a doctor or a physician versus going to the grocery store and just hooking up some natural remedies in the kitchen. Uh, But uh, we wanted to make sure we, we address some of these fallacies that a lot of people uh, try to put out there in this day and age. But as we get ready to close, sis, uh, I know we did ask with, uh, Ken- I think it was Kenobi, yeah. he said, are you getting the chip? Uh, where do you see the future of uh, things happening after the coronavirus from either a prophetic standpoint or even just from what you know uh, as, as being uh, a woman of God and also a mother? Like, where do you foresee things happening for us? So um, it is so funny that we're having this conversation and we're like right smack dab in the middle of this because one of my coworkers, but then some days later they come back and say, so uh, in order to prevent, oh, and let me back up. Before all of this happened, Bill Gates had been talking about population control Mm. and I don't know how true this is, but I saw a video not too long ago where uh, it was it was saying, like I said, I don't know how true it is because I haven't dug deep in the research of it. Right. But uh, it was saying that Bill Gates owns the uh, RNA, um, the um, not co- is it copyright rights or whatever to the RNA for the coronavirus. Yeah, for the vaccination. So, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so he you know, here he is saying that he has this idea for this vaccination. Now, because we are on a military base, I have. And, and have been getting vaccines, flu vaccines, and the regular measles, mumps, rubella, and all of that that they give to babies because we're on a military base. Um, right. And so we have been doing those. But this one, I will not. Um, they're talking right. about, from what I've been hearing, they're talking about um, it being implanted in this chip. And um, the chip uh, will have some type of... Um, metal or something that is supposed to be like leaked into the bloodstream and at that point to me you're talking about changing my dna you're talking about putting something in in my blood that's gonna not not like no you know liquid or nothing like that you're talking about metal so um um i just I really believe that this was a, a lead up or, or segue into getting the chip and they're trying to legitimize it with carrying the vaccine and then being able to use your money, um, having everything in that chip. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, no. Nah. As you said, I won't. I won't be doing the chip. Enid says, "Sis says she's not getting the chip." If, if y'all, if y'all are still tracking with us as we get ready to uh, get ready for the final jewel, let us know yes or no. Are you gonna get the chip when they when that chip comes? It's about to be coming soon. Are you in or are you out? A lot of times, um, what I'm I'm starting to see, even outside of 
biblical perspective is that it's going to be tied to the currency. So whether mm -hmm. you have investments, whether you have stocks, uh, even uh, for those who are still working for the marketplace, uh, there will come a time where you have to decide whether you are going to get the microchip uh, to identify yourself. And so are you going to get the chip? Yes or no? Let, let's comment in the uh, watch party or in the main live stream. Let us know yes or no. Are you going to get the chip? Uh, but sis, we, we talked about a lot of stuff uh, this evening, uh, of course, in reference to uh, getting people more informed about what is really happening over in Italy right now, where it's one of uh, the, the highest case um, areas of contained containment, of course, with the quarantine uh, that you guys are in for the coronavirus. Um, like, what would you tell uh, people, especially American citizens who are going or just going into their own quarantine that has been, of course, nationally or um, recommended from their local or um, or country's uh, government, uh, what would you give as some advice? What would you give as some thoughts to ponder on? Uh, what would you What would you tell people that are just going into quarantine right now? Uh, I've been posting a lot about it on my page. The main thing is uh, to 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 abide by the quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've I've seen a lot of stuff. I'm sure you have too about. Uh, listening to government and, um, you know, it's been back and forth about the pastors that are shutting down and shouldn't. And then, you know, all of that. This, yes, I do think that you should definitely abide by the quarantine rules. Um, and but the thing I think that America is messing up in mm -hmm. is that it's not consistent. Right. Some places it, it is straight lockdown, like what we're um, going through here. And some places it's, uh, you know, just reduction of work hours. Uh, you know, it's not serious. Like when, when they first said that they were going to do it in Atlanta, I was seeing people's uh, Facebook feed. They were talking about they were going to this restaurant and that restaurant and right. going to get their hair done and nails done. And I'm like... <laughs> Dang, right. so, my, my, my boy's right. hair look a hot mess. But at this <laughs> point, there's nothing I can do about it. So, right. um, I mean, just just listen to the quarantine and use that time. Like I said, it's no reason to be fearful. Use that time to draw close to your family. You know, in this day and age with cell phones, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, we sit and at the dinner table, or we sit and watch TV. And instead of focusing on our families, we're sitting in our phones, right? you know, and, right. And, and on Facebook and playing games and stuff like that. Use this time to, you know, draw close to your family. Draw, that, that is one thing, like as hard as it's been for me, I'm very appreciative of, of and I was telling my mama uh, earlier today, like I'm thankful because God has allowed it to be super sunny. Every single day that we've been in lockdown, it has been beautiful outside. So I, I opened that window back there. They have like these <laughs> big shutters. I opened that window back there and it's so, I don't even have to turn this light on because right. it's so beautiful. And so, you know, I, I'm thankful to the Lord for that because when we first got here, it rained every single day. Wow. And I was like, I, I can't live like this. Mm. It rains every day here, mm. but God has blessed us to have beautiful weather through all of this. So, and we can, um, the property I live on is kind of big, so we can go. I can go outside and let the kids run around out there. My landlord has chickens, 
So they go out there and play with the chickens and he brings us eggs. So we have all of that. But use that time. You know, I, I have been able to, as much as they drive me crazy, spend a lot of time with my kids and just really getting to know them and talk to them. And as far as the faith goes, instilling the faith in them, because when they were, you know, going after school, they'd come home saying things and singing things. And I'm looking at them like, where'd you get right. that from? <laughs> but I'm able to instill those godly principles that he, he commands us to do in his word to raise them up the right way. So because of that, that is the main thing that I am thankful for. It's tough, but I am able to spend that time with them and they, you know, get up and watch church with me on Sundays and we talk about it and, you know, we have Bible study. We're able to do that. So the family time that, you know, God has afforded us and the time that we get to spend with him, you know, that's the best part of it. Mm. No, that's real. As a final Jew, uh, that's an that's a, a excellent final Jew to leave with us. I would just add to that, sis, uh, before we pray, pray out. Um, yeah, like really think about what really matters during this time period that you're in, uh, because all uh, the things that we used to do and, and the world as we used to know it, all of that is gone. It's about to change. It's about to change. Yeah. Gone after this time period. And so uh, for those that have been um, devaluing or not valuing, uh, what really matters. Uh, hopefully you are having a wake up call, whether it's your family, whether it's your health, uh, whether it's um, your purpose, your, uh, your, your faith even. Uh, hopefully you are really uh, taking time to sit still and to stay as uh, they have been recommending inside quarantined and not uh, getting into a whole bunch of mischief and, and craziness outside, but taking time to really sit and think like what is going to be your next moves? Because mm-hmm. we're already making their moves and already planning their moves. Uh, yep. There's the powers that be or whether it's uh, people that are all around you, but what are your moves? What is your next move going to be? And really take time to think about that during this this uh, quarantine. Uh, but sis, I know uh, I usually pray, pray out uh, for the show, but I know you're an anointed woman and I know you're coming out of the quarantine in Italy. So if you don't mind, if you could just pray, pray over the people, the, the VIP jewels and the kings and queens that are watching uh, so that they can have faith during this quarantine that they may be in right now. OK, Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, thanking you and praising you for who you are and who you have been in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace and mercy one more time. And Heavenly Father, I ask right now that you touch every person the sound of my voice, Lord, I thank you for giving me what to say because I wanted it all to be for your glory, Lord. And Lord, I ask that the things that I said, that they are impressed upon people's hearts so that they will turn to you, that they will seek you in this hour. For we are on the hills. We're not on the hills of end time. We are actually in end times. And Lord, I ask that you touch them right now Give them a mind to cry out to you, to seek you, Lord, in fear or whatever they may be feeling at this moment, insecurity or doubt, Lord. Touch them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Give them peace in the storm. Give them peace in the middle of all of this, Lord God, and protect them. Place a shield of protection. Lord, you said in your word that we're covered in the blood, Lord. And I ask right now that you cover each and every person and protect them from this virus, Lord God. Let them not have to find out how it is for themselves, Lord God, because you are there protecting them at all times. 
And Lord, I thank you for Julian and this opportunity. I ask that you bless his ministry, Lord God. Allow it to touch someone who doesn't know you, Lord God. Every interview, every person that he has that will come on, on this show, Lord God, give them something to say that will reach the people and, and send them and direct them to you. Lord, we thank you for all things. I ask that you give the people hope, Lord. You said if our hope was in you, we have hope. And Lord, I ask that you touch everyone and give them hope. These and all things I ask in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen, sis. Amen. We definitely going to have to have you come back later after official date of the quarantine is finished in Italy to give a check in to let us know uh, how is uh, getting back to regular life and civilization in Italy for you. But I appreciate you coming on, sis. So our, our jewels that have been watching appreciate hearing uh, the jewels, the many jewels that you were able to drop on us this evening because I know people have been talking about it, but you actually yeah. hopefully educate educated uh, all of that are watching uh, this interview tonight. And so share this content, you all, with someone uh, that can benefit from it. And uh, Enid, we appreciate you coming on again, sis, and we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you for having me. This will be in touch soon. Y'all have a, a great evening. What time is it over there real quick, sis, so they know? <laughs> two in the morning. Two in the morning, y'all. She stayed up to two in the morning to run the jewels for y'all in Italy. So shout out to our uh, our guests uh, like Enid that come on and, and share their, their information and wisdom early in the morning with y'all. But get some sleep, yep. sis, and we'll talk soon. Have a good evening. All right. All right, peace. peace. All right, y'all. I'm going to do a quick wrap up uh, for the Jewels for Thought. Uh, you heard from literally the direct mother queen that is in Italy, my special guest, uh, Enid Derricott. Uh, some jewels for thought, uh, just to keep in mind during this time frame, like you got to get real during this time. You can't be playing. Uh, we talked about it at the end of last year for those that have been rocking with us uh, since 2019, that 2020 was going to be legit. Uh, you were going to be uh, able to see who believes and who doesn't believe. All of my friends uh, that know me know that I've I've already been literally preparing, like hopefully you are preparing uh, to know that time is short. You need to be really focused on knowing what movements you're going to be making in 2020 because stuff is already real. If you don't think it's about to get realer, it, this is not the end. It's definitely going to be a lot more hurdles, a lot more struggles. Uh, but who do you believe in is the main thing that we want to end uh, tonight's segment with. Who do you believe in and what do you believe in? Uh, a wise man always told me that men lie, women lie, but God overrides. And if you are not knowing who can override the system, then you are going to be trapped in the matrix forever because there is a creator. Uh, his name is Elohim. Uh, there is a God. Uh, his name is Abba. His name is Yahweh. Whatever you choose to call him, uh, he is he is here literally in the midst of any turmoil with this pandemic. Uh, with this man-made virus, uh, Corona, uh, that is literally taking the world by storm. But literally, uh, what do you have to rely on and who do you have to rely on when these situations get rough and get even more tough uh, for your family, for you? Uh, do you know, again, where you are going uh, if something were to happen to you? That's what the whole purpose of Run the Jewels is about. Uh, you need to be able to know the jewels of wisdom 
uh, to be able to uh, share with others because all of us have a light, all of us have a purpose, uh, but do you know your purpose? Do you even know what your light is capable of? Make sure uh, that you are taking time during this quarantine to really see what matters to you. What is your purpose? We got a lot in store uh, for uh, the month of April, but this month's theme has been Women's uh, History Month. Uh, we've also titled this March Madness because it's been a lot of madness happening all across the globe, uh, but we are still staying faithful and true uh, to what we are doing uh, for uh, our purpose and also for what is to come. And so shout out again to all of our uh, guests who have already come on the show. I'm your host, Julian Smartrimple. Uh, make sure you are being the bright uh, diamond jewel that you've been created to be. Uh, no matter how dark it gets, someone else needs to see your light. And by uh, your light, uh, that is what you are called to do. And so make sure you are taking the time during this quarantine to really see what is your purpose? What am I called here to do? This fight going on around me with the coronavirus, with uh, the, the debt crisis with um, them about to cancel loans, even possibly here in the U.S., uh, or family members are struggling, people are dying around you. What is your purpose? What are you called to do? Really tap into that during this time frame. Make sure you're shining like the bright diamond jewel you've been created to be. And I'll see y'all next Tuesday. Hopefully you were blessed by tonight's segment and share this content with somebody. Give us some hearts, give us some likes, and y'all be blessed. Stay safe, stay quarantined. And make sure you're taking care of your health and wellness because that is really what matters at the end of the day. I'll see y'all next week. Jules, fellow kings and queens, y'all be safe. Peace. Peace.